Welcome to the Talking Total Pharma Health Podcast from AgriSafe Network. At AgriSafe, we work to protect the people that feed the world by supporting the health and safety professionals and by ensuring access to preventative services for farm families and the agricultural community. Hey listeners, we left off our last episode talking with Mr. Randy McKinney about what exactly constitutes telehealth. And in today's episode, we're going to wrap up that conversation. If somehow you missed the first part, go back and listen now. I promise we'll be right here waiting once you've caught up. And if you're still here, well then, let's begin. I know that it can be daunting to try something new for the first time. It is those unknowns that can cause hesitation. Talking to your doctor or health care provider just on a video or phone call is completely different than conversing with that person in an exam room. But regardless of whether it's your first time in a telehealth visit or whether you're a telehealth pro, we have tips for how to make the most out of your visit, as well as tips for finding a telehealth provider. But first, Randy has a story that he wants to share about why he's so passionate about rural telehealth. So uh, in my younger years, it's been over 50 years now ago, uh, one of my first jobs as a teenager was working at the local funeral home in our town. And uh, I can remember so many times going out, especially to remote areas where, where people live in very rural areas. And I can remember going out to, to numerous homes out in the rural areas and to, to perhaps go out to make a first call for the funeral home and, and the, the spouse, and it was a, a, a wife, the times that I remember, would be crying and just talking to us about how it was that, that her husband uh, had been having chest pains for weeks, two to three weeks, and that she'd been trying to get him to go in and to, to get seen about, to see what it was that was causing it, and he wouldn't do it. She couldn't get him to do it. So one of the things that I've just taken with me since my childhood is the fact that if something happens and you're having chest pains or you have a, a massive headache like you've never had before, get to the telephone, tell somebody to call, ensure that first responders are on their way. Today, we've got something available in most rural areas that we didn't have 50 years ago, and that's the helicopter that can medevac us out to the major medical centers, even if we have a, an aortic aneurysm, which is essentially a blood vessel in the chest that has either burst or is getting ready to burst. and it, But we have to dial that phone. We have to make that first step. And if we don't do that, it can cost us our lives. We want to do what it takes to take care for our, of ourselves. Uh, certainly, you know, if we're worrying about, well, I've got to get the watering done in the morning, or I've got to, I've got to be sure that the fields are plowed in the morning. One thing's for sure, that if you're not there to, to take care of that, if you're not alive, you're not going to be able to take care of that crop nor of next year's crop. So I, I just encourage each of you to, if, if you have something like that, that that feels critical, it probably is. It's better to, to get help than to not. Absolutely, Randy. Your story hits close to home, and I think many of our listeners will be nodding their heads in agreement that they too have experienced something similar, or maybe they know of someone who has had a relatable experience. Thank you for sharing that, Randy. You know, it is so easy to get wrapped up in the work that needs to be done to lose sight of taking care of our health first. But, but you're right. If we put off our health care too long or in a critical instance, we won't be there anyway to get the work done. 
So, okay, so for those folks who are thinking, you know, maybe telehealth is, is the route I'd like to go. Um, any advice for people wanting to find a new telehealth provider? Well, absolutely. First, if you contact your provider, many providers since COVID uh, are, have a telehealth platform available. But if, if your provider does not and you'd like to have a telehealth visit, there are a couple of options. One is to contact, of course, another provider or contact your nearest community health center or federally qualified health center in your area. Most health centers have telehealth platforms already that they're operating off of. These community health centers have often received special funding to improve your access to them and to the communities that they serve. So most of them will will have one. But there is another alternative also. Many of our insurance plans have providers who will provide a telehealth visit. Often these are at no cost. And when I say no cost, I mean no deductible and no copay. And you may have to call your benefit specialist, the 800 number on your insurance card to find out if that's available. But more often than not, it is available today by insurance company. Yeah, that, that's great too. Because of course, when I think about farmers and ranchers and all the costs that they have just to operate a successful farm business, and then you think about the life, their lifestyle and their living needs costs, if there's a discount, absolutely. I'm sure that they would certainly take advantage of it. And that 800 number on those insurance cards can also give you a wealth of information. So, so use it. Are there any differences in using insurance or any special payment options such as grants or discounts for people living in rural areas when it comes to telehealth? There are none that I know of right off of the top of my head, but where the real value of using telehealth is at is in getting primary care faster so that, of course, we have deductibles and co-pays oftentimes. The less treatment that we have to have, the earlier that we catch disease processes, the less that's going to cost us in copays and deductibles in the long run. So I think that's how we save money. It's just by insuring ourselves, making the promise to ourselves that we're going to give ourselves the best possible primary care and that we're going to get it as soon as we can rather than waiting later uh, to get it. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> so you're speaking to the choir a little bit because getting these farmers and ranchers to get into a clinic, that means they'd have to leave their their place of business, their farmer ranch, and um, they'll put it off because, you know, it might get better tomorrow. I just don't have time right now to, to tend to, to what my body needs or, or my mental health needs. So are there any other tips you want to share or some resources for our folks? Well, just one, given what we've already talked about, I would suggest that that if you're out there, you're in a rural area, you're an agricultural worker, or you're a teacher, a school teacher, it doesn't matter. I would suggest that if you're a little maybe uncomfortable with having a telehealth visit, that you go ahead and schedule one. Give it a good faith try, as I said earlier. And one of the things that might help you to overcome some discomfort is calling your clinic and asking them if they could do a test run with you over their telehealth platform before your visit to be sure that you can connect to them. I think that would go a long way uh, in making us more comfortable. And, and then the other thing that I want us to remember as patients is that there are certain guidelines around federal laws and the di dispensing of controlled substances. There are laws in place that require 
an in-person visit, in some cases, before dispensing a controlled substance. So if your provider, your doctor, your mental health provider, was to, or even a dentist for pain, if he was to tell you, well, I cannot give you this particular substance for pain without an in-person visit first, please understand why, that that is federal law for certain drugs and medications. Yeah, absolutely. They're, again, those federal laws are put in place for our, our health and safety. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's good information to keep that in mind as we think about opioid misuse and the misuse of, of many medications. So what should people have ready with them for their telehealth service? For their visit? Well, if you're going to have a telehealth visit with a, with a, let's say a mental health provider, really there's nothing that you need to do other than ensure that you're in a quiet place with minimal interruptions. Remember that conversations with your medical or behavioral health providers might need to be private. So if you anticipate discussing sensitive topics, you might uh, want to find a private location in your home or even in your car or at a trusted friend's home. One of the things for any type of telehealth visit, we need to try to turn off all of the noise makers that are in our environment. This may include televisions or radios, cooling units or ceiling fans. Also, if we have uh, children that need care, we need to ensure that, that they're placed in somebody's care during our telehealth visit. And of course, many of us have pets. Uh, and in rural areas, that's almost a uh, one of our hallmarks to have a pet, a cat, a dog, birds, but we need to be sure that they're safe and they're in a place where they would not disturb our visit. And one of the things that uh, I would suggest, if possible, if the patient, as a patient, if we could sit uh, in front of a solid colored background uh, rather than in front of cluttered colored backgrounds for clearest video uh, also, we should try to stay away from windows or other light sources that are behind us. We need to try to, to make sure that light is in front of us more than behind us. Our providers need to get a, as clear a look at us as they can. And of course, if we're using a smartphone, we'd want to have some kind of a bracket or something that we could set it on on our table or, or our desk in front of us so that it's not moving around. This is not usually a concern if we're using a laptop computer because we have a, 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 a camera generally that's mounted. But it would also be advisable to have a, a good bright flashlight available with charged batteries in case there's some type of lesion, um, a, a spot, a mold or something on your area of your body that you want to show your doctor. And he may ask you to adjust the light so that he or she can see it better. And if you're in a situation where it might be difficult for you to, to do this for yourself, if you're comfortable, you may want to have a trusted friend or relative with you, or perhaps a spouse, to help you to adjust the camera or the screen so that you can see, so that the provider can see you, and so that you have the ability to focus on what you need to tell your provider. And uh, also, if, if we know that we may have to remove a partial article of clothing, or let's say we have a, a lesion or a spot on the upper part of our arm, for example, we want to be sure that we're wearing loose clothing so that we can easily pull that up and the provider can see it. That's very true. Great advice so far. Now, is there anything specific our listeners should have on hand for their appointment? Um, one of the things we need to do is be sure that we have everything written down that we need to tell our doctor 
or medical provider. And I say doctor, this could be a nurse practitioner, it could be a physician assistant. Uh, but we need to be sure that we make the most of our medical visit, just like we do when we're in that office. We only may have 10 minutes, so we have to make the most of it. We want to be sure that we have a list of our current medications. We should include any prescriptions that we have, any uh, supplements, vitamins, uh, anything that we're taking, they need to know about. And of course, need to be sure that we have our allergies listed, especially if it's a first visit. And uh, if we're using our smartphones, we need to be sure that they are fully charged before we start our visit. And we need to also expect that our provider may want to make an emergency plan with us. So let's say I'm talking to my provider about the fact that I may be having chest pains or a bad pain in my head that may be symptomatic of a stroke or of a heart attack. Uh, and let's say something did happen and I became unconscious during that visit. My provider would need to know how to get help to me, how to get first responders to me. So if I'm the provider and I see that my patient has passed out, if I dial 911, I'm going to get the first responders in my county or parish and not the ones in the county or parish necessarily where the patient is at. So with that, I might expect my provider to, to ask me for my exact location, my exact physical address that I'm at now, uh, because it's, uh, there's always a presumption that the patient may have moved to another location other than their home to have the visit. So if something happens, we want our provider to know how to get help to us. So they might ask us what county we're in or parish. Uh, they might ask us for the for the seven-digit number of the, the law enforcement agency or the first responder agency. If we know that and it's available, we would certainly want to have that for them uh, so that they could make a call to the appropriate agencies to assist us if something should occur. And, and last but not least, of course, you would need to have your identification, copy of your driver's license or other ID, as well as your Medicare, Medicaid, or other insurance cards. Remember, this is a medical visit, and we need to be able to provide the same information as we would provide if we walked in the door of a clinic and, uh, and had a medical visit. And the first thing they'll ask you for every time you go in almost is your ID and your, your insurance card. So those are things that we need to, to be sure that we, we have handy during our telehealth visit. Those are some great tips. Some of those things I hadn't even thought about, like the emergency plan, right? And, and how 911 works. Well, this has been more than enlightening, Randy. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to the conversation? I don't think so, other than just encouraging people to do their best to get the best internet connection that you can in your home so uh, or uh, on your telephone so that you can have a, a telehealth visit uh, that is meaningful and that can help you to improve your health or at least to keep you at the health status that you are at currently uh, so that you can continue serving people by working, especially in agriculture. A lot of times we don't think about the agricultural workers and how, how they contribute to our well-being, not only our mental well-being, but our physical well-being. We have to get proper nutrients in life or we're going to get sick. So, uh, we, you know, we understand the value of the agricultural worker and what it means to us and what, what the farm and, and rural America means to all of the rest of us, whether we are, are rural or in a metropolitan area. And we're grateful 
uh, for your service. And we want to be sure that you get the best health care possible. And we just want to encourage you to take whatever steps you need to take and know that telehealth is one viable option. And by all means, if you're just not going to do a telehealth visit, that's okay too. Get to your doctor and take care of yourself as best you can. Oh, what a great way to close. Thank you, Randy. Thank you very much for your time. And we look forward maybe to some future visits as telehealth continues to evolve and we evolve with it. Absolutely. And again, Linda, thank you for having me. I'm blessed for this opportunity. Oh, you're more than welcome. Okay, folks, that's it for today. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to hear more from AgriSafe on the health and safety issues impacting agricultural workers. If you'd like to suggest topics or have a story you'd like to share, you can contact us by email at info at agrisafe.org and title that important email TTFH Podcast. We always welcome email. You can also get our attention by using the hashtag TTFHPod on Twitter. To see more from AgriSafe, including webinars and our newsletter, visit us at www.agrisafe.org. This episode was created by AgriSafe Network, directed by Laura Siegel, hosted by Linda Emanuel, edited by Matt McKinney for ProPodcastingServices.com with special guest Randy McKinney.